everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. This episode will be discussing body parts and people under the stairs as we continue into 1991 with horror films. Almost into 92, kids! We're almost there! <laughs> I'm your host, Michael. Kersey's on the other side. We might, we might make it... We, well, how many more do we have until 92? Actually, um... I think actually the next episode is 92 because one of the movies is from 91 and the one of the movies is from 92 because we're doing Sleepwalkers and Sometimes They Come Back. And I believe Sometimes They Come Back came out in November of 91. So, okay. yeah, we're almost there. Uh, it's okay, been... yeah. Well, I think we're going to bust this out by the end of the year. Yeah, and you, you guys at home don't know, but we're trying to catch up to the other show where we're almost entering 1994, which will be in January. But I looked at our list of movies... And there ain't shit ninety four for us to discuss, so we're gonna leap. We're gonna catch up real fast. Ninety two is a little thicker. Um, I took a few movies off because I think they're kind of not worthy. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned about Doctor Giggles. <laughs> I'm not sure. I gotta watch that one. But um, yeah. So we're doing body parts, uh, which um, I had the poster on my wall for a very long time as a kid. That's kind of weird, right? <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. The uh, this is right when I was able to watch horror movies like on video, not off TV. And you know, your video store back then used to get like a hundred posters a month. They didn't know what the hell to do with it. And if it didn't seem like uh, something they wanted to promote, or they got more than one, they just threw it in a dump in. They gave it to you for free or a buck. And I was like, yeah, I'll grab body parts. I actually don't know if I'd even seen the movie yet, to tell you the truth. Really? That happened a couple times. I had a poster for Oblivion ricochet and body parts i feel like there's a couple others where they were just like oh fuck it they're free you know there's a movie i had a poster of on my wall called um the low life with sean astin and kira sedgwick i still have never seen <laughs> I mean, like for body parts it's it's a decent poster if it's the one that's the same uh picture as the one that's on your voodoo yeah if i remember correctly it's just his face looking down and then there's like a drawing like a kind of a crude drawing of body parts just kind of floating yeah, it's pretty simplistic. Looks pretty cool. These two movies are also considered by my mother the grossest fucking things that we gave her nightmares. This is when she first started like she would let us watch horror movies, but she would watch horror movies with us, kind of supervise, uh, and she's still traumatized to this day by both films. And really? look, I know Body Parts bombed and it got terrible, terrible reviews. I think as much as some of it doesn't really line up, I think it's a great fucking flick. It is. Pure, it's fun. Yeah, it's it's got a great performance by Jeff Fahey. I think he this is maybe his best performance. He's really on fire in this one. Yeah, he's fantastic, and I love the. It goes from being sort of more kind of down to earth with a little bit of an interesting premise into just going like full blown fun and ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's uh it's not the first time this has been done. There was a movie uh 1981 I believe or 1980 with Michael Caine that Oliver Stone did called The Hand, where he loses his hand and he gets another one attached, and the hand's evil and it had killed people before. So yeah, so it's not like it's a completely original idea. Um, yeah. And I remember, isn't there a segment of John Carpenter's body bags where Mark Hamill gets a fake eye, or not a fake eye, gets an eye from a donor or whatever, and he sees evil things, he has to, you know, later pluck the eye out? He sees the, the murders that the guy did. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's not an idea that just exists only with this movie, but I just think something about it, I like horror movies that are set in the cold, 
they don't do them very often. Um, I was just watching the whole Scanners franchise. And there's something that feels different about the you know the first two. I believe are like shot in Manitoba or something. It gives it kind of a you think know, the way Dead Zone is. You know, there's like a disconnect, kind of a distant feel. Instead of like, oh, this is warm, all natural America, and it's going to be ruined. You know, like a lot of slashers would do. Yeah, but I think a lot of that was mostly due to his budget, because like there was that weird scene when they're at the. Uh, at an amusement park, and they're literally the only ones there. There's not even a person at the like operating the ride. Like it, it was, <laughs> I think that was just a budget reason. But oh, yeah, okay. I, I do yeah. like the feeling that it evokes. I would just say, isolation. I would say that uh, a lot of horror movies are shot in Canada just because you can save more money. But I like the yeah. look, the feel of it. Not every movie has to look like summer in you know California. The. Uh, this is from uh, Eric Red, who uh, was the writer, and he wrote The Hitcher, Near Dark, and I believe this is his first or second directorial film. He only did a few movies. Um, I looked into his history, and it is fucked. Did you look into this guy at all? No, but I like all those movies he just listed. So. Um, here's the crazy thing, and I was actually talking to him for a while back when I first started the podcast because I wanted him on the show. Because I was a really big fan of a movie he did called A Hundred Feet with Famke Jansen. Have you ever seen this where she's under uh, house arrest and the her husband beat her and he, she murdered him, whatever, and the ghost is in there still abusing her and she can't leave? Oh, no. That's horrible. It's a really good movie. Um, he also did a, werewolf, he did a werewolf movie I really like called Bad Moon. So I was like, okay, this is a really interesting guy. Maybe I can get him on the show. And I had to listen to his books. And he was promoting like a new book. This is what he does now is just write books. Um, like 15 years ago, he drove his car into a restaurant on purpose, apparently, and killed some people. Jesus. I mean, it, 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 was he possessed by the hand of a serial killer or what happened? I don't know. He he felt that he... Mm, I'm reading the article here because so, I don't want to get sued for some reason. Um, he crashed his truck into a crowded bar in Los Angeles in the year 2000, killed two people. After the incident, he exited his vehicle, attempted suicide by slitting his own throat with a piece of broken glass. He survived the incident, was taken to the hospital under an alias, and was released two weeks later. No criminal charges were brought against him, but a jury in a civil suit awarded monetary damages to the family of the victims. How do you not go to prison for this? I don't understand. Somebody, I, I read in a different article where it said he had like a complete, absolute disconnect mentally and emotionally because of like some sort of breakup that he had. And, and so he was like, I guess considered temporary insanity. I don't know, but that's fucked. So right now, like I was like, the, "Oh, I gotta, talk, I gotta stop talking to this dude right now. He's never coming on this show." This is, so basically, the Twinkie defense. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. No, that's and there's a reason why he doesn't have a career anymore. I can't believe it. <laughs> but taking that away from it, though, it is still a pretty fucking entertaining movie, and I, I just had a blast with. It. Now, some of it doesn't make any sense. So, were they keeping the bad guy's head head alive? Yeah, I don't know. What, that was the other thing, too. It's like all the body parts, the the torso, the arms, the legs, all of them were still alive. Like, they are being kept alive. I don't know how you do that. I mean, that, that goes into the science fiction territory right at the very end. Um, but I'm okay with that just because, like, it leads up to this sort of, like, over-the-top silly. And it, it, even the premise itself is silly that a guy's, you know, arm is going to uh, is going to make you evil. It's kind of, it reminds me of Metal Gear Solid 2. Um, it's basically the same plot 
So, uh, so like he had I, telepathic powers over his limbs. What in this movie or in Metal Gear? No, no, I'm just thinking like in this movie, like how can you make an arm evil? Like it just doesn't make like how can you make this stuff like oh I'm gonna start strangling my wife, I'm gonna beat my kids, I'm going psychotic when I'm driving. It's like well was the guy supernatural and he could control his limbs even though so he was a criminal who killed a bunch of people, but. He got the death set, and then they donated his body parts. But some reason, the lady at the science lab was like in love with him, and she kept his head alive in a soup. But then they would go back and kill the people later and take the limbs back, which means she had to somehow figure out how to connect a head to a torso and get it to work again. Which scientists are still trying to figure out with Walt Disney's fucking head in the cry chamber. <laughs> Right, and I don't. Yeah, I don't really understand it. Why they would go through the, the the process of cutting off all of this guy's limbs and then taking them back. I don't understand why they would even bother doing that. Right? Why this? You, you could just throw away the limbs in you know the uh, in some waste and then go back and pick them up. I don't know why you have to surgically reattach. It's just so much extra work. Yeah. And well, also, when you're doing the surgery and you're you know you're putting someone down. I, there's a process. I don't think you just go in with a saw, just cut someone's head off, and while they're still alive, that does not seem like something that, like, I'm talking about the Hippocratic Oath. I mean, it's this movie. Well, I don't know why I'm bothering, but it's, <laughs> it's like you would put him under anesthesia probably until he dies, right? I mean, that seems to be. Sounds, I think like, that yeah. I don't know. Do they have to keep him alive because of the heart thing? And first off, okay, let, let's take the the limbs. Okay, the limbs are whatever separate that from everything else literally and figuratively but you're taking a head from a torso what use is the torso <laughs> who is walking around with just limbs and a head like god damn i'm gonna die if i don't get a torso well sir we have a torso we can donate oh thank you <laughs> yeah and it, it it sounds like we we're, we don't like this movie because we're like criticizing it but i mean like, we're not criticizing it like this it's it's part of how why it's amazing it, it's just hilarious it's it's so balls out crazy that whole end sequence it goes like wait what like i thought maybe it was like a demon possessed thing in his arm because like, it didn't seem like it was really really affecting the other ones like the other guy he was just painting nightmarish stuff whoop-de-doo you know he wasn't violent right. by the way brad dorf is always good i have never seen a bad performance by him yeah. um and then yeah, the other guy, he I, got... I thought it was like leading in a direction of like the, the, the father was like becoming an asshole. Maybe because like a, some psychosomatic thing because he knows that the person who like who got the, the arm from was evil and it just like was kind of causing, causing him all of the stress and it, it just became this thing where he thought that it was evil and he's talking to those people and it's like, yeah, I don't have any problems. It's just you, man. Yeah, yeah. Or, or his possession or something like that. You know, like, oh, it's like a haunted arm or something like that. But then you find out they're just collecting the pieces and putting the guy back together. Yeah. At least, at least head was barely still on that torso. Like, they had just stitched it and really cemented or whatever. He's walking around with that thing or whatever. <laughs> but the chase? Are you telling me? Oh the, my god! A guy when when, when he pulled up in the car next to him and they handcuffed him, uh, like the movie just took a huge left turn into <laughs> awesome. It did. I, I was actually <laughs> fascinated by that. And then the showdown at the hospital is just fucking gold. Um, yeah, it's great. But yeah, I think it's a highly underrated film. I think Shout Factory just put it out on Blu-ray with some of the. I think it has added footage because they had to cut out some did you know that also that they had to pull this 
from uh, Wisconsin areas because at the same time this movie came out is when the whole Jeffrey Dahmer thing broke. Oh shit! Really? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Like, go see body parts. Now, next to the news, we have a cannibal. <laughs> this is a story of body parts in a refrigerator. Ooh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> um, anything else you want to say about this movie before we go on to the next one? No, it's, a, it's an excellent movie. Definitely watch it. Um, our second film, this is going to be controversial as fuck, but um, I've seen all of Wes Craven's, except for Deadly Blessing. I haven't really seen that more than one, once, maybe. I've seen, you know, like the big ones quite a few times, and I'm going to say this right now. I think People Under the Stairs might be his mes- his best movie. Yeah, I totally agree. It, it, I was not really expecting a lot going into. I mean, I saw this before um, the podcast. I didn't really know what to expect, but it's one of those that like I saw on the VHS VHS shelf when I was a kid, and always like, oh, I want to see that. Like, I love the the skull in the house kind of look. Um, and yeah, the movie is just incredible. And and this is when he was kind of in a slump because. Uh... After Nightmare on Elm Street, what did he do? Deadly Fr- No, no, he did the second Hills Have Eyes because he was contractually obligated. And I put people under the stairs but gave me the hip-hop band. By the way, really good hip-hop band. <laughs> um, he did that. He did Deadly Friend, which is fun, but it's stupid. It, it, it is a baby, baby. Um, That's the one where, like, the girl is resurrected by with a robot or With, like, a computer chip, yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, Serving the Rainbow is pretty good, but it's not much of an entertainment machine. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a slow, plotty. It's more mature than a lot of the stuff that was out at the time. Yeah. Um, and then Shocker I, is entertaining, but goddamn, it's still stupid. It's it's trying to... Like, yeah. We talked about this a couple months ago, is that it's just trying to replicate the Freddy phenomenon. Yeah, and it's trying to have a, a message, but like being so over the top and silly about it you kind of lose the seriousness of what you're trying to talk about yeah and this i mean this was a big hit for him and it kind of brought him a little bit more attention for a while because the next chunk of his career is going to hurt because we're going to be talking about (laughs) a vampire in brooklyn (laughs) yeah the uh the late 90s not uh not really a great time for him um well, then Scream, of course, kind of saved him. But it all depends on how That's you true. feel about that kind of horror movie. As I get older, I think that kind of horror movie is irritating. Um, you know, we all, it's all the cute people from WB shows, and, you know, I don't want that. Um, but what I like about this is it's a bunch of nobodies, and it's really scrappy, and even the rich people live in filth, and they yeah. live in this <laughs> shitty neighborhood. And holy fucking crap, there's not a bad performance in the bunch. These are phenomenal performances. And the pace and the claustrophobic setting, but it's so elaborate in this house. It's like this weaving of tunnels and it's like it creates its own mythos and world in just one house, in one in one couple. And what I love about it is it also like changes sort of the slasher uh, uh, sort of staples of like the silent stalker. Uh, kind of think, no, these people are screaming mad trying to shoot you and <laughs> just running through the house, tearing it up, trying to find you. And it's, it, it's actually more shocking. They just don't expect it, especially with these kind of people who you assume, because very on the surface, they seem very reserved, um, but crazy, but they just go wild. And it's, it's, it's just a treat to watch. I guess the, I've never seen Twin Peaks. I know that's probably sacrilege to most people. Um, it just doesn't seem, his movies don't seem like my kind of thing. I've seen a couple. I just can't get into them. Um, David Lynch. Um, but I found a secret to get into his movies. I can tell you about it later. Yeah, I, well, I was told it just treat it as if it's a dream. 
Just a dream. Yes. Just a ride. I, like, think about it as like you're uh, as like a, 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 an extension of emotions rather than like a plot. Like you don't don't think about literally what's happening. Just how does it make you feel? And I don't know. It sounds really woo woo ish, but it actually made it really helpful when I was watching uh, some of these movies. And I guess they're uh, the 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 brother and sister, <laughs> mommy and daddy. <laughs> Um, were on that show together and Wes Craven had seen them and saw that they had great chemistry so he cast him in it and he's not wrong these two together yeah. are fucking wild um, yeah, one, of, one of the best like uh, horror couples yeah well no, I think it's funny is that it's he you know how he says it starts off slow and then you realize later but when they you do realize they're fucking nuts he pulls no punches within like five seconds he's in leather daddy gear and a <laughs> shotgun and screaming through the building <laughs> Just, just yeah, blowing holes into the into the walls, trying to trying to shoot them. Okay, there uh, is there is one thing that bothers me. What you just said. Do you remember when the cops came and visited? How did they not see the bullet holes everywhere in the hallway? Yeah, I I, I think it's just one of those things where it's more like the, the commentary of it is like it's just a, a a white couple and the cops come and they just immediately take their side or don't even really look into it. And yeah. Well, I wonder because they had like, all. Who were, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. They had all those sliding walls and panels or whatever. What if they were so elaborate they even created fake walls to cover up, like sliding walls? Yeah. And they just didn't show that to us. I think, I mean, I can't believe it. They, they do a really good ex- explanation of all this, but not in that, you know how sometimes there's that, oh, here comes the exposition scene. I actually really liked uh, Bill Cobb's as his grandpa explaining what happened but it didn't feel like it was forced like it was just a casual conversation he was having with fool yeah and i forgot that this movie my memory of this movie was fool goes in um immediately or whatever and you know and being rames gets killed or whatever and that's it the whole movie's in the house and you forget that there's different levels where he does escape and he tries to save her and they show the outside world and i gotta say um you won't know the name offhand, but his older sister, uh, played uh, by uh, Kelly Jo Minter, she's like the queen of 80s movies, and every time she shows up, I fucking love her. And when she kicks that lady's ass, oh. <laughs> <sighs> uh, Was she in uh, the movie Fresh? I'm trying to remember. Well, I know her mostly from summer school, but she has a small part in The Lost Boys. She was in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, um, Popcorn. Uh, I can't remember, but it, it was around this time where she was just doing a bunch of these kind of movies, whatever, and she was always great. Mm. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, and that, that's the other thing too. It's Big uh, Rains, uh, his character. I don't even know the name of his character. He's just Big Rains to me, but um, he's, he is just so entertaining and funny and interesting to watch. I, I, I love the premise. Like they're they're basically going in to just steal some shit because like this is a rich family. They have they, the stuff they don't need. We're about to be homeless. Um, and then they enter the house and you think that they're sort of like the bad people and then the couple comes home and they're just like fucking crazy yeah Uh, I I like the the inverse of it and I also like him Vin Rames dying in the movie is so like is actually like emotionally effective because he is such a cool interesting character that you just really it's rare to like because usually there's like characters that you that get killed off and we all expect it like i just and i just like felt so attached to him i just didn't want him to go oh right well i mean i don't like in a lot of horror movies where they just introduce someone stupid and useless and you're like well i guess they're just gonna be cannon fodder let's watch them get killed which is the curse of a lot of slashers 
Yeah, and this is definitely one of those where he's he is uh, he is intelligent. He knows exactly what he's doing. If they were just completely unprepared for like the the depravity that they're stepping into. Yeah, and the switcheroo because you think because you see the people under the stairs as like almost like these zombie-like creatures who are eating other people, and it's it's because they have no choice. Yeah. And it's really interesting seeing how you slowly realize what they are, that they were children that were bad and that they were thrown down there. And um, the horror of them, like, cutting out tongues, cutting out eyes, whatever was, you know, offensive to the, the brother and sister um, was taken away. Roach, has he can't really say anything. And I, I really thought, you know, what little time he had on the screen was absolutely fascinating. Yeah, and and I might be like over over intellectualizing it. I don't know, but like when I was watching it, it really gave me the same uh, a lot of similar vibes to the movie Parasite in twenty nineteen. I don't know if you saw that one. No, I have not yet. Oh man, you gotta watch it. I know. I um, even own it. I got so many movies I don't get. I don't get around to seeing. It's terrible. Yeah. Um. But you know, there's kind of it's kind of a similar premise in Parasite that there's you know people living um in this house and um anyway it, it it's interesting. Uh, and um, yeah, I like the reversal of you know what you expect, the, who you expect the villain to be, and it kind of plays on that. And also, that's kind of the point of the movie too. Um, it definitely delves into um, uh, into race and economics and things like that. Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting. Is they they don't say gentrification because that really wasn't something that we talked about back then, thirty years ago. Yeah. But it does have a strong commentary on you know abusive landlords and keeping poor people poor and ruining their lives and they don't exactly say why but at the end when she almost says the n-word she clearly has a problem with anybody that's not just like them and do they besides they hear no evil see no evil speak no evil do they really mention any religion from them i can't remember I don't think they did. If they, if, if there was, it was, it was it kept, probably kept intentionally vague. Yeah, I was wondering. I was. That's a smart move because sometimes you can hammer it in the head or whatever. It's like, well, not all religious people are evil like this. Right, yeah. But this is like their misinterpretation of stuff. That they're the perfect fifties family is what it seemed more like. Like they had seen too many magazines or TV shows as kids showing the perfect family, and this brother and sister were obsessed with achieving that in their life. Yeah, and they're they're basically just yeah, um, and they're utilizing that as a way to sort of hide um, uh, their uh, how sadistic they are as well. Yeah, another logic thing that I do have a problem with is why would you store all your money and dynamite together? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we start picking apart everything, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does seem kind of silly to me. I was like, oh, that's paper money. That's not just coin. You blow that shit up, you're right. doomed. Yeah. <laughs> but it did make for a good finale where the explosion shoots all the money up into the sky and gives it back to the poor people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad they never made a sequel to this. This is like during that period yeah, where, no shit. where any horror movie that made any sort of money was getting sequels, especially once you start getting into like, oh, direct-to-video is worth a lot of money. Thank goodness we didn't get a sequel to this because sometimes they can just ruin a franchise. Candyman. Yeah, and, and it's great as what it is. It doesn't need uh, any additional like it doesn't need any additional material doesn't need a remake tv show kind of thing like which i believe they're planning is a tv show 
Why is everything a goddamn TV show? I don't need 12 episodes of something explaining what was in, you know, it just seems the way it is now. It's like, oh, well, we're going to plan a three-season show, 10 episodes a season, and it'll be one part of every single, you know, the movie will be stretched out. And I'm like, what? The movie's fine the way it is. They just recently did that with Let the Right One In. I'm so pissed. Oh, I didn't know they did that. Well, they did that with The Mist, remember? Yeah. 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 All right, well, that is it for this episode. Like I said, next episode we're going to be doing Sometimes They Come Back, the long-delayed Sat on the Shelf, Soul Toy Networks, sadly, a really great Steam King film. And um, another one is Sleepwalkers. Not so great, but a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, that is it. Uh, anything you want to say before we go? No, I'll see you next time. All righty, we're out.